What you are about to hear is real. No scripts, no actors. Oh, hell. Coming to you from the Janesville Community Radio Studio in beautiful downtown Janesville. It's the Open Mic Podcast. Starring Chad Sheridan. How's my face look? Tender? Andy Anderson. Picture my beard being like some Mideastern dude's weave. And a cast of characters. I'm proud to be the, uh, the first Asian American on the podcast. You do a lot of editing, <laughs> don't you? Vicky. <laughs> Kiki. Just hanging out in the goddamn Dagobah system. Well, I was trying to find somebody who could play the flute. Oh, cool. I didn't know you guys were dicks. Put it in there. What the f*** do I care? Dude, that or you're the cook at Denny's for the next 50 years. I don't know how he talks, but it's hilarious. Just hit him with a hairbrush. Beat him with a hairbrush. This is Jamesville Community Radio. This is the Open Mic Podcast. Andy Anderson is not coming to your event. This is the Open Mic Podcast. Thank you, announcer lady. And this is Jamesville Community Radio. We are not live, but if we were, we would be in beautiful downtown Janesville at the corner of East Milwaukee and Wisconsin Avenue at myoffice-jbl. If you haven't been there or if you don't know what it is, it's an office building where you can rent a single office or a couple offices. You can rent them for hours. You can rent them for years. It doesn't matter. The best part is they have a receptionist that will greet any clients or visitors you have. They have public and private bathrooms, they have break areas, coffee tables. It's everything you would want in an office building without having to pay for an entire office. It's your all-in-one solution. It's affordable. They have water cooler on site, a meal catering service, a copy center on site. It's perfect for professional presentations, sales meetings, small group meetings, study spaces, tutoring or homeschooling. Uh, photographers, film, therapists, uh, you name it. Uh, it's, it's quite the place. It's a great idea. It's, uh, like I said, it's perfect for small businesses. They are on the corner of East Milwaukee Street and Wisconsin Avenue. So check them out. It's uh, myoffice-jvl.com or give them a call at 608-563-0111. Uh, their hours are 9 a.m. to 5.30, Monday through Friday. After 5.30, by request, Saturday by request, and Sunday is closed. And we start out the best of episode. We take a trip back in the Open Time Machine back to episode 34. Uh, episode 34, we had a visit with Mevi, but this wasn't Mevi like we've had before. Mevi's a guest on the show, a friend. He's on Twitter, at Mevi, M-E-V-Y, but... He stopped listening for a while, and I think this clip actually intros itself a little bit um, because we wanted to have him back on. We actually went ahead and we created a virtual Mevi. So we were able to have all of the Mevi fun without having to have the Mevi in the studio. So uh, go ahead and take a listen. If you want to hear the whole episode, it's episode 34. It's available at uh, www.openmicpodcast.com. But for now, you're going to get two clips you're going to get one when we intro Virtual Mevy and one toward the end when Andy and Virtual Mevy have a conversation. And that's going to be followed up by the Virtual Mevy Jam. So here it is. Episode 34, Virtual Mevy. Enjoy. You're listening to the OpenMevyPodcast.com. 
So anyways, exciting couple of weeks. We had talked about on our last show, we talked about a lot of stuff, but we talked about uh, how we lost a listener. We did lose a listener. I don't know. Maybe he was just taking a little break. It turns out he was taking a little break because he heard it and uh, he, he got a, it was Mevy and he got a kick out of it. Uh, the fact that we were, you know, give him a hard time. But uh, I tried to get him on the show today, but he wouldn't come. But uh, we put together a little, uh, a virtual Mevy. Oh. Find his damn thing. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, but the live listeners are going to have to like download the podcast to hear it, right? Yeah, Virtual Mevy refuses to go on to uh, uh, Google Hangout. But any like videos we show, we can play them right out of the thing. No? Yeah. I'd rather not, just because we don't get the audio, and then I have to add it later, and I'm lazy. Oh, sorry, live but, people. Screw just you guys. download the podcast. For <laughs> just God's download sakes. it. We need the likes and downloads. Yeah, no kidding. Anyways, but uh, everybody, go ahead. Warm round of applause for uh, Virtual Mevy. I'm glad to be here. Good. <laughs> Welcome. Good. What's up, dog? It's good to have him. Uh, nice. So you you did actually listen to the last episode? Is is that right? That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, good. So oh. you're not. You're not leaving us, not at all. I, uh, I was for sure you faved for a while, man. Yeah, I, I thought I thought you're done. I thought we said something that offended you, and uh, I, no, not at all. No, okay, oh, good. Well, that's good. I thought maybe you know, you know, you got offended by some of the Oriental remarks that we made, but no, I never did. Oh, cool. Good. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah, that's cool. Well, well, welcome to the show, and uh, anytime you feel like chiming in, just uh, you know. Go ahead and say whatever's on your mind. And... Ni hao. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Welcome. Wow. Um, did you, <clears throat> do you like hao. Andy's beard? It's been a while since you've seen his beard. Yeah, what do you think? I thought about going with just the stash. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <clears throat> yeah, it's cheaper. It's like 50 cents. So. But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, if that's if you're into a stash. Kind of my thing, you know. Okay. Right. <laughs> I do know. What's wrong? All right. Yeah. <laughs> And I know if if he grew a mustache, you know, you know it would be a it would be a nice one. Yeah, dude, I don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. Yeah, man. Yeah, he. Uh, That's great. Thanks, thanks I, for being here. I'm starting to like Virtual Mevy. I I think Virtual Mevy is pretty cool. He loves to be here. I think, don't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh man! What have you been up to, maybe uh, watching shows or anything? Or I don't, you know, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of TV lately. Oh, all right. <laughs> no, that's that's understandable. Yeah, you didn't watch the game. I've heard a lot about it, but uh, haven't haven't actually watched it. Oh, oh okay. man, well, that's it's understandable. Well, I won't tell you what happens in case uh, you know you want to hit it up on a DVR later or something. Yeah. Yeah, he he may have. Did you uh, did you DVR it? No, not at all. Okay. Well, well, I guess go to the web and you watch some YouTube highlights. I don't know. Yeah, do whatever you got to do. So, anyways, uh, so we got virtual Mevy here. We can ask him any question we want to throughout the show, and I'm sure he'll interject every once in a while. And I'm glad to have him. It's good to have Mevy back. And I, I initially was putting together a montage of Mevy things, and then all of a sudden he was back. He was back as a listener. So. Yeah, I haven't seen him since the fishing trip. Oh, so. really? Yeah. But I know, like, today he was uh, 
blowing up Mevi files like crazy. Yeah, that's what I, I seen. He wrote something about uh, doing a, or no, you wrote something about how he's blowing up Mevi files. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. so thank you, Virtual Mevi. Yeah. So Virtual Mevi goes from not listening to the show to all of a sudden giving us a whole bunch of content. I yeah. thought it was appropriate, you know. It is kind of appropriate. It is. Yeah. I'm just so everybody knows if they want to learn more about uh, Virtual Mevi, you can just hit up his website at uh, theasiansensation.info. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us anything about that at all, Virtual Mevi? Uh, which is uh, Vietnamese. There's like Google Vietnam, Yahoo Vietnam. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds real good. I'm glad to be here. I know you are. And it's nice of you to keep reminding us like that but yeah yeah that's awesome and also hit him up on uh at mevi on the twitter oh yeah that's definitely if you want to it's is it just m-e-v-y oh yeah okay nice nice right. that's all it is i remember the first babe we're not really talking about that right what's now what's he talking about i, I what would you say i remember the first babe the first, oh, I must be talking about this. <laughs> I was talking about uh, Babe Chandler. Oh, okay. From, uh... Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the second Babe, though, right? Yeah. Like, just totally way more stupid than all the rest. Okay. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think that, I think your intellect had anything to do with it, but. That's uh... yeah, great. You still watch uh, All My Children? I was just going to say, I'm amazed that uh, they can keep putting on episodes, you know, five days a week, every week. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we do know. <laughs> we do indeed know. That's awesome. All right, well, we'll move on. You just sit there quietly, virtual Mevy. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to you. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like virtual Mevy. Virtual Mevy's going to grow on everybody. It gives you a reason oh, to yeah. download the show now. It really does. You know! You're to the Open Mic Podcast. We'll get a link over if you want to pre- pre-order tickets or something. So um, We got a little something on the website about it, too. So let's check it out. All right, cool. Mevi, uh, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, which is uh, Vietnamese. There's like Google Vietnam, Yahoo Vietnam. Oh, okay. that's right. The Asian Sensation.info. Sure, sure. But, uh, you know, it's your go-to place for uh, Vietnamese information. Yeah, because I was actually... Um, it's funny you should mention that because uh, the other day um, I was wanting to know about um, how to... For some recipes... Because um, I wanted to um, make some of those uh, egg rolls like your mom does. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they're tasty because like, cause I was gonna, cause I had the grill going and I was going to fire some up on the grill. Because um, I remember he showed me how to do that once and uh, yeah. I thought it would be a cool thing. So I hit up the website and oh, yeah. um, at first I typed it in wrong. So I uh, came up with a kind of a crazy site uh, that the listeners probably don't want to go to. But um, if you type no, it in right... Yeah, no, it's the it's the, the Asian Sensation dot info, and uh, there's all kinds of cool links. Um, so yeah. yeah, you can find out all kinds of recipes and. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it does. Yeah, yeah, all that good <laughs> stuff. I know because I was telling people like 
Like, I was like, oh, dude, you know, you ever tried Viet Search or Yahoo oh, Vietnam? Yeah. And they were like, no, how do I get the link? And I was like, dude, you got to go to my dude Revy's site. And then there's a link crazy. to it right there. I know it's crazy. It's cool because you can, like, find all about Vietnam. And there's, like, maps and, like, recipes and Extreme Moto. Yeah. And, uh, like, local, like, uh, Vietnam newspapers that, that they give you actual news, not the shit stuff that they oh, yeah. that they have here in town. But um, actual in-depth stories. That's true, yeah. And... What's cool about it, what I found, is when you go to it, like, maybe we can't read it because it's in a different language, but Google has a translate. Yeah, dude, I don't mess around. Yeah, I don't either. I don't mess around either. That's what I'm saying. So Google has, like, a translate, and then, like, it's awesome because it's, like... don't Google stuff like that, but... Yeah, well, not a lot of people do, but, like, I like to find, like, new stuff. I don't like the same old, same old, so, you know, I'm out there doing... Doing cool stuff like that and finding real good stories. So, I'm with you, dude. Dude, give me knocks. All right. Boom. Uh, China. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to search China, but like the website is mostly Vietnam stuff. But I'm yeah, sure... yeah, that's exactly what it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But like, uh, I don't know if you want to search China. I mean, I guess you could, you know, do some separate searches on that. How? Yeah, or Blacko. Whatever. You know, Black or Niho, it both gets the job done. So I have not, no, but uh, I've seen a lot of videos. Oh, I maybe they do. I know they have their own YouTube um, and, like, their own forms of social network, like their own Facebook. Like, we've talked about that on, on some other episodes, so. But I don't think there's yeah. a... Uh, maybe you, you need to really update your site, though. It hasn't been updated since, like, 07, so. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, so... Maybe get some, oh, some social links and friends up on, on those other... Are you on those other networks, by the way? Those, those other, like, the, the Asian Facebooks and Twitters? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Is this at Mevy, then, on those, if we're searching for you? Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. That's true, yeah. What What do you mean? Like, what's true? I didn't... I was just going to say, I'm amazed <laughs> that uh, they can keep putting on episodes, you know, five days a week, every week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. But yeah, check that out if you want more info on uh, Mevy. So I'm sure he'll be popping by. Uh, uh, China. Uh, okay. Or, <laughs> or, I thought about going with just the stash. <laughs> All right. Or just the. Kind of my thing, you know? <laughs> crazy. Uh, All right. Well, I think. Uh, I don't have anything to plug. I don't either. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be on. Com. I'm gonna be on Facebook writing moronic stuff and. All right. Same with Twitter. Uh, actually, check out the podcast I'm on. It's uh, the Oat Mick Podcast, uh, episode thirty-four. Nice. And uh, on com promo code. Irish. Oh yeah, on com promo code Irish for supplements. Uh, get ready for Irish Fest coming up. Maybe hit the donation page on our website. I don't oh, know. No, we just still have a donation page. We do have a By donation all means, page. Hit it up. But. Uh, Oh, you got anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, for Andy Anderson. And Chad Jordan. It's been the open mic. Slash. Hey, hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here. 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 
I'm proud to be the uh, the first Asian American on the podcast. Ni hao. 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 thought about going with just the stash. I think if we're not careful, virtual Mevi may become self-aware and take over the world. Next, we fast forward a little bit up to episode 36, and Andy takes his recorder on the road, and he sits down and talks with wrestler Barry Wright. Barry Wright is a wrestler, and as his uh, Facebook says, wrestler, warrior, survivor. He's a cancer survivor. He's wrestled for WWE. He wrestles for all the local promotions. He's fun guy to watch wrestle and a very interesting guy to talk to. So uh, here it is. This is episode 36 with Barry Wright. All right, everybody, we got a treat here tonight. I'm here actually at the uh, PPW Event 7 in uh, Villa Park, Illinois. And uh, with me here is uh, Barry Wright. What's up, Barry? What's up, Andy? What's up, fans of this podcast? Greatly happy to be a part of it, finally, after all these times trying to be a part of this show. Oh, no. I had to grab you for a few minutes, man. Thanks for for joining us here in the Open Mic. Um, Just want to say, like, big match tonight, huh? Yeah, I, I... wrestled a non-title match for my uh, heritage title and I somehow pulled a win over against the tag team which was surprising. That's so. a triple threat uh, championship right so it's like you versus two other guys like three, uh, it's like uh, everybody for themselves right? Yeah it's it's the concept of it it's going to be me versus always two challengers and it's going to be elimination rules so in order for the champion to re- retain his belt he's going to have to beat two guys in, in one match basically. All right. Cool cool cool. But uh, yeah, so uh, what's what's been going on with you? You've been, uh, I mean, you've been on, uh, you've had a lot of things going on. Oh man, and, I've been, uh, I've been crazy. I've had a, I had a crazy weekend this week from from Iowa. I've been doing a lot of Iowa wrestling. I got big things coming up in July. I got both a WWE and a TNA tryout within a day difference. I got a WWE tryout July 12th and a TNA one July 14th. So oh, hoping awesome. to make big things on that. I, I where, are the, where are those at? Uh, July 12th is for the um, Impact. Pro Re- it's funny, it's called Impact Pro Wrestling, but it's for WWE. It's th- they have a thing called a Hall of Fame uh, wrestling show, and it- Edge is going to be there, Ric Flair is going to be there, Kurt Angle, a whole bunch of other wrestlers. But before that, le- they've been doing it for several years. They have like WWE tryouts, so they have Jim Ross and Jerry Briscoe, scouting guys. So what you have to do is you have to send like a match of you have to send them a match and a promo to be um, admitted to see this uh, to be a part of the camp. And what you do is you're going to go out there and give them a seven minute match. And the reason they pick seven minutes is because seven minutes is how they do a lot of their matches on Monday Night Raw. So we're going to have no entrance. Um, it's free to the public. So if any like family of the wrestlers that wanted to get there, I think it's limited to about 40 guys. It's going to be broken up to like. 15 singles matches probably and then a couple tag matches so we're gonna go out there I did it actually last year after I did my Ryback thing and I got some good reviews from Jerry Briscoe not so much from Jim Ross just because I didn't get a chance to talk to him but it's pretty cool after you do the tryout you get to sit and have like a Q&A with Ross and Briscoe who are the head talent scouts for WWE so I'm pretty stoked for that and then the next not the next day but the following day I am doing a, a TNA camp with El Snow and that's being uh, produced by uh, David Hero from uh, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling, oh, and very cool, very yeah, cool. and I, I was on a couple of shows with El Snow back in um, back in Windy City and recently back in Pro Wrestling Blitz when I was a part of that. 
And I remember, remember him uh, singling me out, saying that he liked my gimmick and he liked where I was going with that. So I'm hoping that he remembers me and that I could slide in that hole that I'm like the top 16 from the TNA gut check thing and just slide in there because if he has any pool, you know, I mean, the, I don't know if you saw last week's impact, but their gut check challenge was absolutely terrible. Now, are you always like, uh, are you constantly like touching base with these guys just so they yeah, remember I, your name? Yeah, I am. Like uh, recently, because WWE just did a pay-per-view in Chicago, I reached out to my contact who got me in to do the Ryback uh, gimmick to see if they needed any extras. Unfortunately, I didn't hear anything back. The Her personal number that I had of my contact was changed to just a generic operating service. So all I could really do is leave voicemails and emails, and that's kind of hard to do. But I did resend them a new uh, resume and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm really just hoping to impress Ross or Briscoe this uh, upcoming month. Oh, nice. That's awesome, man. Best yeah. of luck with that. Thank you, thank you. A lot of people, uh, like you were on SmackDown, but you yeah. weren't as Barry Wright. You were a different character. Yeah, different name. They it, And you wrestled Ryback, right? Yeah, wrestled, wrestled Ryback. is probably about almost a year now on, on WWE SmackDown. And it's funny, they already had like the names picked out for these guys that were going to be fed to Ryback. Sure, and sure. so they said, Jobber 1 is Brendan Burke. Jobber 2's <laughs> name is Dan Barone. And Lucky me, I was jobber too, and I basically they picked like the smallest guys from the tryouts because I, I did I was on that Raw before that SmackDown because I had a two day tryout with them, so I traveled for Raw was backstage, then I traveled to Indiana for SmackDown was backstage, had my tryouts then, uh, so that was a pretty cool experience. And basically during the Smack during the tryouts before SmackDown, Ryback came out and it was kind of just like looking around the ring. And I'm, me, I'm thinking like, oh man, like he's been doing this thing where he's been beating up these local guys. Like, let me like kind of get closer to him so he can see that I'm kind of on the smaller side. And I was the second shortest guy there, so I figured I had a relatively good chance. And the guy that was actually shorter than me didn't get picked because of how ridiculously jacked he was. No lie, he was short, bald, and swole, so he was like mini Ryback. I can't believe that they didn't sign him right then and there and be like Ryback Jr. and come out as a manager. I think that would have been pretty over. Now tell us a little bit um, about your personal life, because you just had uh, uh, a movie out, right? Yeah. Film. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, my buddy that I went to high school with, Walter Benaziak, he's he went to uh, Governor State University for film directing. That's what he's wanting. He's been wanting to be a film director since high school. And during high school, he created a couple small uh, budget films. And me and him, we're, we've been always close. He'd always come over to watch like wrestling pay-per-views or just talk wrestling. And when I was sick, he always told me that once we get through this, that we're going to try to make a, make a movie about it so we could get the story out. And then finally, after everything went through, and he actually got a chance to create the movie for a class. So he created this movie called Life on the Ropes, the Barry Wright story, and what he did was uh, he followed me around to uh, one of my matches in Indiana, so he was with me before I went to the show, he traveled with me to the car, he filmed me backstage getting ready before the match, he filmed me going through the curtain, filmed the match, he filmed everything, and he got like the basic concept and, and gist of what it's like to be backstage before a wrestling show, and then he was able to interview like my parents and my girlfriend and my, and my brother and stuff like that to get their reactions to how I was doing with wrestling and how like the cancer treatments when I was going through and how it infected me and stuff like that. And so, for those that don't know, you had uh, I, 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 had, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma uh, stage two. I, I was diagnosed back in uh, April 2010 and I've been in remission since 
January 2011. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, that's it's awesome. pretty stoked. Uh, not too long ago, maybe about a month ago, I went to uh, get my annual, not my annual, my six-month CT scan, and my blood work was fine, and there showed no signs of any kind of cancer. So, oh, that's awesome. So now, now I gotta go back six months again, but that's just for blood work. So I, I'm fine with that. I, I don't mind going to the doc. Like it's. It's scary going back because you never know like how the results are going to be. But at the same time, like I want to go back because I want them to catch it early. Because when I was diagnosed, my cancer was already six months old, so it was like already spread to my body. So if knock on wood that it never has to come back, but it does, I want them to probably catch it. You know. It's awesome. Now, where can uh, if anybody wants to see the film, where can they? Uh, is there somewhere they can go? To yeah, they they, they could uh, visit uh, co10studios.net or just uh, look it up on the Facebook. There's a Facebook page called uh, Life on the Ropes: The Barry Wright Story, or you could look up uh, Co-Ten Studios. That's the uh, film group that Walter Rampanasiak is a part of, who produced, directed, and edited this amazing film. We had the uh, premiere a couple months ago at my uh, high school, where both me and Walter went to. We had about 150 to 200. Uh, friends and family there to see the movie on the big screen and we even had a uh, press from the Hammond Times was there it was great overall uh, thing and needless to say everyone loved the movie so pretty soon uh, once he's uh, entering it in film festivals and once it gets through to the film festivals then we could start producing DVDs because since it's um, a budget uh, film and it's set and he wants to get like the the notice out on it he can't sell copies of the dvds until it gets into at least one film festival so we're just kind of waiting patiently patiently to uh, get into some several film festivals so then i can start handing the dvds out to like wrestling shows and stuff like that oh very cool very yeah cool. So. i definitely want to check that out yeah um, big things anything else uh, you want to plug facebook twitter yeah sure uh, you can follow me on twitter at barry wright friend me on facebook i will uh, accept it <laughs> same thing at barry wright uh, I have a YouTube account slash Barry Wright. Every everything's pretty much the same name, but yeah, like if I upload a video, I'll upload it to Facebook. I'll upload it to Twitter. One thing I won't do is I won't post the same thing on Facebook to Twitter. Like I know a lot of people like link that together. I, I don't. I was like, I, if I want to post something on Facebook, let that just be Facebook, and then I'll go on Twitter and do something completely different. Sure, so sure. be sure to find me on one or both of them, and you'll you'll get you you'll do get cool promo videos too. I've seen yeah, I, I, I'm uh, my promos are pretty spot on and I've gotten a new laptop so I've been able to do some cool uh, editing work with that and I try to do them every so often when I have like a bigger match coming like it, it's just something to do when I'm not given like a mic in the ring to actually get my point across I still want to be able to, to tell it and still uh, stay sharp. Cool, man, cool. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for stopping and talking oh, to us. Oh, no problem. Bit, I hope to and, be uh, able to do this again. Dude, I still got my bracelets on. Yeah, I love the support, man. Love I haven't taken them off, man. That's probably like, what? How, when did you give this Oh, man. Months ago. Yeah, right? at least <laughs> back in 2012, that's know, for sure. Right? I still got them on. Yeah, big them support off. from Andy. All right, <laughs> well, thanks for joining the Mick, man. I yeah, it. no problem. I hope All everyone right. takes care. All right, good luck with your trials. All right, thanks. There he is, the one and only Barry Wright, who is, in fact, not a fairy. So if you go to JWA tomorrow night, uh, $10 at the door, Pontiac Convention Center. Don't yell Barry's a fairy because he does not like that. But he is a super wrestler. He really is. He's fun to watch. Uh, next, we go to episode 39, where we sit down at the Janesville Armory on a comedy night with comedian Matt Holt. A super funny guy. You can find out all about him at mattholtcomedy.com. He's also on Facebook. He's got a fan page. He's got his actual site. Uh, MattHoltComedy.com Check him out uh, He comes to the armor every once in a while And of course next time he comes we'll probably sit down with him again And we'll definitely let everybody know So here he is, Matt Holt at the armory in Janesville WI And we're back <laughs> Alright 
right. Live from the armory again. Live from the armory with the... Uh... That sounds menacing, really. Uh, <laughs> live from the armory. That's what we should call the podcast, Live from the Armory. Yeah, people like it because you can hear background noise. Yeah, it's like, nice. You can hear old people chewing. <laughs> stuff like you that. can hear hear hips breaking. <laughs> hear the squeak of a walker going by. <laughs> you know, all the real life yeah. stuff. Yeah, come on. Tennis balls, tennis balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can hear the magnetic strip of a Medicaid card. <laughs> Is fantastic. I just heard Velcro, somebody's adjusting their shoes. <laughs> that's the point where you just shoot yourself. You get to Velcro shoe level, just that's done. I've thought about it, but just out of being lazy. Right. It'd be so quick, but they don't make a good looking Velcro shoe. No, they don't. No, they're not uh, they're not sporty. That could be a million dollar idea. It would it actually know, wouldn't right? be bad. A good looking yeah. I'm those ones down. when we were kids where you could like they had the Velcro on the side and you could change the colors. Yeah. You got like a stack of different colors. Mm-hmm. We can bring those back. Somewhere. And then throw a pocket in like the ruse. Uh, yeah, remember that? Something. Yeah. You know, because some things you need to put a dime somewhere. <laughs> that like, pocket ah, was ridiculous. Yeah. It was right. before any of us were using condoms. Yeah, so right. that's the only thing that pocket would be good for. <laughs> Could you hold this dime? I'm out of pocket space. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. I forgot. I'm wearing my ruse. We are in luck. Let me unzip the small zipper on the side of my shoe. Oh, man. Everything else, Velcro, except the zipper for that little pocket. Made no sense. The one thing that shouldn't have a zipper has. There's more hardware on that zipper than the rest of the shoe. Yeah, and then you, you can't forget about the two inches of foam that supported the bottom of your yeah. feet there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are horrible shoes. <laughs> I did own a pair, though. Oh, I did, too. It was yeah. great. All right. And that voice you're hearing is comedian Matt Holt. Yeah, I just completely screwed everything up. Welcome. I apologize. No, that's all right. Talking. That's good. That's how we do it here. Okay, all right. Well, good. Just got to start out. Hit the ground running. Yeah, it's good to be here. Cool, man. At so the how, Armory. How was the drive up? Uh, it was uh, It was five hours. <laughs> Right. Go, go from Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was not bad until I hit Rockford, which I I think I say that a lot actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Rockford's, not unusual. Yeah, yeah, it's not one of my favorite places anyway. Um, but yeah, some heavy storms and uh, this is probably fascinating for people that are listening. But <laughs> hey, let's listen to those guys talk about the weather. You think it'd be the old people here that'd be talking about the weather? We're hoping they're here enough. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, definitely tuned in. I think Illinois' motto is actually, it's not bad except Rockford. What? <laughs> That's not bad, actually. Come visit Illinois, <laughs> except Rockford. Can I say fuck on your podcast? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. Why the fuck are there no gas stations on the highway in Illinois? Oh, my God, I know, right? I have no I mean, idea. it's like you've got to get off, and then it's an adventure. I mean, everywhere else in the free world... There's like a truck stop or something. There's none of that here. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you had like four guys and you put 80 bucks together a piece, put in a fucking quick trip <laughs> on the goddamn highway. Oh, yeah. But like probably like 100 tolls, though. Yeah, that's true. Know. That's true. <laughs> you know, we, we, I drove to Florida last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Illinois was a small portion of it. But honest to God, the worst. Yeah. And I took the long way through Illinois, too. I didn't go through Chicago. Right, you go down to Bloomington and all that. Yeah, I yep. took the long way. I do way that, too. That was like, oh, God. The second you cross over into Kentucky, it's just like a breath of fresh air. And and which that sentence has never been said before. <laughs> yeah. except, except in talking about travel. That's how bad Illinois is. But, you know, a, a buddy of mine, um, a comic of any name, DJ Dangler. I don't know if you guys know him or not. He's really funny. He has a great line. He's like... Uh, Man, I hate driving through Chicago, but at least it cost 18 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. I can't stand it. So On the way home from Florida, we went up through Chicago. Yeah. 
because I'm like, I, I can't, yeah, that point, I can't like, do that Illinois drive anymore. Right. Um, yeah. Well, we were going through Indianapolis and uh, Louisville, too, so. It was They're always doing uh, construction up in that dump, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even when they're not, it's terrible. I mean, it's it's hard for me to hate Rockford because I like Cheap Trick. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> Rockford sucks. <laughs> it's like the dirty shoe of Illinois. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Aaron Xavier? Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of the wrestlers is from Rockford. Rockford does Oh, fantastic. That. That's what I need. A yeah, nice shitty town. So, some oh, guy yeah. coming after me. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not. Yeah, Fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit about that. What's his name? Uh, Aaron Xavier. Yeah. yeah. Is that a made-up name? That's not his birth certificate. Yeah, I don't think it's real. Yeah. According to his shirts, he's a weapon of mass seduction. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. What's his What's his uh, finishing move? Does it, I don't know. Does he have Do you have a finishing move? What is your finishing move? There, I do, man. I have a uh, cloverleaf submission hole. All right. All right. I like it. Sometimes I... A little frog splash or something. Okay. Like oh, yeah. you. Oh, you get up and jump I'll, off the ropes. I'll mix it up. Look I'll at you, up. man. That's. I couldn't. I'd shit my pants if I jumped Otherwise off the ropes. Otherwise, I just punch a dude in the balls. <laughs> I'm not above anything. No. Why would you be? Just hold on to the belt. You know. I did see him win one time where he cheated. No. He actually oh, yeah. hit the guy with the belt and then threw the belt on the guy and acted like he was hurt. No, how did so, that go? I don't remember. So no, and the referee missed this. Totally missed. How does the referee Adam miss this? <laughs> Oh, they had distraction. Ref was distracted. My dude tossed me the belt. All right. I I made a sound, tossed the belt, laid down, grabbed my head. Ref thought dude hit me with the belt. Oh, so so you faked hitting yourself with the belt. Faked That's the, what it was. Faked the yeah. whole thing. Wow. See, I thought you would have whacked the guy with the belt. Sometimes I do. I bring, okay. I so you mix it up. Down, you mix it up. Okay. Hit him with a chain. All right. Yeah. I do what needs to be done, man. No, I appreciate that. You're a guy that has a plan. Yeah. I take it you must be a wrestling fan. Uh, you know what? Uh, I was. I haven't. I haven't watched it in a long time. Well, it's not worth watching You're not now. Missing anything. But it's probably, yeah. probably true. Yeah, there's not much now. But um, no, I mean it's funny that we're in the armory because where I grew up in Indianapolis, they, they had wrestling in the armory all the time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we used to wrestle in Whitewater in the armory okay. for years. It was awesome. fun. It was fun. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's. Um, Indianapolis has a really big wrestling history. Um, Bobby the Marine Heenan was from Indianapolis. Sure, Dick the Bruiser. Um, there was a famous story where we had a years ago we had a minor league uh, baseball uh, stadium called Bush Stadium downtown, and we have a, a new one now that's fantastic. But this is an old ratty, great, full of character stadium, and uh, they were having wrestling there one night. And so they had the ring out on the pitcher's mound in the middle of the diamond. And uh, Bobby Heenan was managing somebody and uh, walking them to and from. And they were using the dugout is how they got back to the the, the, uh, dressing rooms. Well, apparently some drunk auto worker had had enough (laughs) and scaled the dugout wall and beat the shit out of Bobby Heenan in the the dugout. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a big big uh, big wrestling town. Fans get into it sometimes. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I uh, if if you guys ever in Indianapolis and I'm I'm around, uh, I can take you by Dick the Bruiser's house when he uh, when he was alive, Sweet. and like you used to drive by by Bruiser's house, and he'd be cutting his grass, <laughs> yeah. and he would look he looked like an elephant on a tricycle. I mean, he was <laughs> just such a, a thick guy on this little tiny riding mower. It was fantastic. Man, yeah, that's what uh, that's what we do here, man. Is old school wrestling. Yeah, it's awesome. So we don't, uh, but we have a little mix of everything too. 
you know, a lot of characters. And That's good. That, you know. And and do you have women uh, with you know, showing their ass and all that kind of stuff? Um, once in a great. Isn't while. that kind of the jump the shark of wrestling? Don't you think? Yeah. I, isn't that when WWE really it's kind like, of jumped the shark? Is yeah. when they start bringing all these yeah. women in and shit, and they can't wrestle. I no. tell you, dude. Uh, women, yeah, all the women wrestlers, pretty much that I've seen, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Sometimes, like, I'll be flip, flipping channels and I'll see wrestling's on. I'll turn it on, and if it's women, I'm, I'm just like, ah, I can't watch it. Right. And I, I feel like, you know, question my own sexuality because it's like a couple hot chicks half naked. But yeah, I'm but like, ah, it's, it's but just... you can get full naked on the on the internet. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Balloon yeah. and arm drag. Yeah. Something. <laughs> right? Something. Yeah. But yeah, that's, be, you know, yeah. Whatever, whatever you need to do. Yeah, they're. But, uh, I always see them parading around with the. I see on TV a lot now the the twins that are parading around with the Divas title everywhere. Yeah, I've seen them. But the coveted women's title. Dude, a lot of right. these chicks aren't that good. I mean, there's one or two that can work, but they're always paired with somebody that doesn't have to do it. Right. You know, just eye candy. Yeah. What about, what about the old days? Back when you had. Fabulous moolah. Oh my god. The bitch was hideous looking. You know yeah. she'd kick the shit out of you. Remember she still glow? looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Glow? Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I do. That was pre-internet. Yeah. That was that was that was pre-internet porn. Farmer's daughter Farmer's and all daughter. that. Are you kidding me? So it was like Saturday and Friday and Saturday night. Right. Absolutely. Okay, oh no. my right. god. We used, to, we used to watch that on Saturday nights. Saturday nights, and then uh, up all night with Ronda Shear on USA. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that was, was good. Oh, and once in a while, they put the uh, they they put Elvira in there too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this will do in a pinch. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ronda Shear. Have you seen Ronda Shear lately? No. Ooh, she has been up all night. <laughs> yeah. Looks bad. Oh my God, she's got to be pretty old. She's got to be sixty, maybe seventy. No, she's probably 60. I bet she's 60. I gotta look that up. Yeah. yeah. You had to use it. I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. What else you gonna do? Pinch. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was all in a pinch back then. Yeah, th- those up all night movies, too, they were, all, they were either like, well, they were horrible. Right, of course. Just horrible, like, girls would be half naked or it would be Toxic Avenger. You could also you could also watch uh, Silk Stockings. Yeah, that was that was available yeah. as well. That was pretty good. It was like uh, wasn't that like Showtime or something? Uh, no, or it was, was like it? I think it was like TBS or TNT oh, oh, or okay. oh USA. It was on USA. Silk Stockings. Oh yeah, it was awesome. It was like you know, there's well look, we've had an evolution. All right, it started off. You had the uh, the Sears and J.C. Penney catalog. Yes, that's where it started. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, the Sunday the Sunday ads. Would come out, and there were certain stores where their ads would typically have bras for sale, usually like Zare, you know, some shit store. And that's what that was your that was the gateway porn back then. You had that. I'm glad we're on the same. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you start off with that, and then you find the Sears catalog or the J.C. Penney catalog, and then holy shit, that was like the mother load. So you had that for a while. And then usually you find something that belonged to your brother or your dad or something. It might be like it's like a swank magazine. It's, it's always something that, that no one should ever be seen purchasing. Like plumpers or... Yeah. You, you, you skipped a step, though, because every once in a while, like, a gold mine would pop up and it would be a Victoria's Secret oh, like, catalog. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, man, you hang on to that and be looking at one that's like 12 years oh, old. Oh, absolutely. But, but it didn't have the big granny panties like in the JC. Right, right. I remember being horrified looking at the Penny's catalog thinking, what what are these panels and everything in this <laughs> this woman's pants? Is like she's wearing bulletproof pants. This is, it was there's, horrible. There's always like 
a couple of good ones in the JC right. one too, but and they're right after the page where there was like the fake boobs. Right, right. Like that the old one would have to put it inside. Yep. Like, yep. No, it was a. Uh, so you have to quick go buy that and like erase that from your mind before you use it. And then once you got to, once I got to a certain point, then it became, uh, then it became Heather Thomas on the Fall Guy. That was a big one. Daisy never did anything for me, but Heather Thomas on the Fall Guy. That was that was grade A. That was fantastic. Dude, you ever been so desperate you used Peg Bundy? Mm. Am I the only one? No, no, because Peg Bundy was post internet. Yeah. Well, no, well, kind of. They were it was, out before. It was dial-up. Yeah. I mean, you had to was, want it. It was, you know, to want it. If, if the squeal didn't ruin, you know, to kill your erection, then, you know, I used to get turned on when I'd hear the dial-up because I'm thinking, I'm minutes from porn. This is awesome. It's almost magic it's like time. A tea, like a tea kettle whistling. I got this high-res pick coming in about three and a half hours. <laughs> That's now. right. Oh, remember that? You chasing the buffer stream? <laughs> like, okay, I got I to time this just right because... I can't have any downtime here. You're frustrated to move the thing back oh. just so it took longer for it to get there. Oh, but see, I, I think a lot of us were okay with that because we were used to scrambled porn anyway. Right. So it was still a step up. Oh, I'm not know, saying so. I did this, but watching the channel when it scrambled and just waiting for that one second. Oh, that's, that's all you need. And then it just that's goes all by you need. and it's just, yeah. it's just a noise. It's yeah. just a noise. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> Rhonda Shear is 58 years old. 50, I said 60. That's nice. I thought she's older than that. I'm surprised. Nice. <coughs> now she's like up till this like 9:30. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a new show called Up to Go to the Bathroom. Uh, up, up 12 times a night. Yeah. Up all night, peeing. <laughs> oh my god, she was hot. She was. I'm just looking at some of these pictures here. Oh, she, well, that was when she was in Playboy. Oh, yeah. Blurry, That's... but oh, this takes us back to the modem days. Right? Oh, yeah, she yeah, was hot. look at that. You know, she looks a little bit like Stifler's mom. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Even back these younger pictures, she looks a little... I'll tell you who I had a big thing for. Uh, back around that same time. Um... Downtown Julie Brown. Yeah. On Club MTV. Sure, sure. Oh, she was all she stole the accent, right? Yeah, the accent and, and, and you know, I, I, I grew up in a uh, a predominantly white community. So there's a little bit of the taboo going on there too and she like she might be a little bit of a nasty bitch. And it was <laughs> I liked it. That that by the way, that was another big uh, big uh, tool. Yeah. Uh, was Club MTV. Because you know, had all those women oh, it was a sure. good it was a good time. Downtown. How, old, how old do you think downtown Julie Brown? <laughs> she is probably, I'd say she's 55. Ooh, 53. Ooh. I, th- this should be my job. I should just guess the age of women I used yeah. to masturbate That's to. That's what she looks like. <laughs> she looks bad now. She's aged well. Oh, yeah. you know who I also uh, had a thing for? Uh, this is along the same lines. Uh, back when they started doing real world road rules. Uh-huh. Uh, Piggy. Uh, oh, okay. The Australian chick, yeah, sure, not sure. attractive, but very attractive to me. I don't understand why. I, I like, I like, I like misfortune. That's, that's, a, that's a big turn on for me. I like I, a girl that's just trashy enough to be hot. That's what I like. That's my, that's my goal. That's my, that's my strike zone. What about Vanna White? I never. Yeah, it worked. She's like sixty-three, right? She's fifty-six. I thought she'd be. Oh wow. Boy, my guessing is way off. She's still. A looker too, but you never see Vanna up close anymore. They show her yeah, I don't way know how back. Old that is, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's what kind of what you see now. It's all the fuzzy, yeah, 
That picture was epic when that first came out. I remember that one. Oh, there. Are... Yeah, yeah, look at that, huh? Yeah, I'm a fan. 80s. Definitely a fan. Nice. Yeah, you guys have inspired me. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm actually going to uh, turn this now into uh, into a new bit. Good. <laughs> so, I, I should explain. I don't. Um, I don't write. I don't write material. Uh, I don't. I've never. I've never sat down and written a joke or anything. It all happens on stage or in conversation. Oh, okay. So like, I've never written a set list down in my life. I've never. I just. I just go up and do my act. Now, over time, that act has flown into kind of a, a solid thing. So it is pretty set now, but I just have never been one that I've never documented anything. Sure. So when something like this comes up, it's like, oh shit, I need to remember that. Now what that means is, the next time I see you, there'll be no record of this ever having happened because right. I will forget right. to even right. do it on stage. <laughs> uh, and then luckily I have a handful of friends in my life that I'll say, hey, didn't I used to do a joke about something? And, the, and the, one of them will go, yeah, it goes like this. I'm like, yeah, thanks. And then uh, I'll do it. Oh yeah, we always have people too. Like, like oh, remember when you guys said like. No, right, yeah, but on the podcast, no, sure. it was funny when you said the one thing. I'm like, did I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, thanks for thanks, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. That's just like uh, wrestling, man. Like uh, a lot of people plan out their shit. And yeah. They get up there and then they forget the shit. You know, right. They forget half the shit they're going to talk about or do. You know, but it's like uh, if you just go out on the fly, right? You're talking about nobody in the crowd probably really knows the difference. No, I think I think uh, for me, um, if I'm not organic, then it's very apparent. Yeah, uh, I, I did um, for the last two years. I did a lot of cruises, okay. um, mainly the first from the, from Thanksgiving to April of this year. Uh, I did almost exclusively cruises. So is this typically your crowd, or are we talking college cruises? No, it was different. It was, it was it was it was a good. It depends on which which uh, port I was leaving, okay. and what time of year and all that. But um, uh, it was a mix of it, it's the eight to eighty. Age range, age range. Yeah. Because like we had to do family shows. Like I, I do five shows. Two shows were family, and three were adult. And the family shows, I would have seven year olds there. Oh, and wow. it's it's hell. I mean, is it hard for you to keep it clean? Like yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I would do my my family set. I would repeat it. So I would do my family show. I would do the same set twice. Okay. Um, and I would tell people it's, it's going to be a you know a repeat show. And then I would do two separate. Adult shows, I'd repeat one of them one time. Um, but, you know, it didn't lend itself to allow me to be organic. I had to be structured. And for that reason, I didn't like it. Like, I, I don't do them anymore, and I'm, I'm kind of glad. Because just the restrictions were too much for me, and, and uh, the downtime was hell. And uh, actually, I, I can tell you, I, I'll tell you a, a story, a true story. Um, this, is the, this was kind of the turning point for me. Uh, I joined... If it's a seven-day cruise, what they do is they um, they have two comics on, and then halfway through the cruise, they fly them off, and they fly two more comics on to do five more, a total of, to we do a total of twenty shows in that seven days. I do five, and the other guys do five. Okay. So there's always at least there's always two comics on board, right? So I joined at the end in the middle of the cruise. So I joined the other comic had a problem that day, and he could not get on the ship. So I had to do all five of my shows the day that I joined the ship. Now, that's a travel day where I got up at, at 4.30 in the morning in Indy, caught, caught a, a flight to Atlanta, and then flew from Atlanta to, like, Belize or something, and then had to take a 
fucking boat out to the ship and all that. And then, like, in two they and a half a hours. They a bladder over the side to <laughs> Pretty much. So then, like, two, two and a half hours later, I've got to be on stage doing 30 minutes with, with a, maybe a five-minute break and then 30 minutes and then five minutes and 30. And I do five shows that night. So I'm on stage, and I, my first show, I think I have a pretty good, a pretty good set, and I and I do it. I, I was doing a joke at the time of that, that talked about Chick Fil A, not not about any of the controversy or anything. It's a joke I've had for three or four years, and when, in in that joke I say, I get. I don't know if you guys have Chick Fil A up here or not, but yeah, we don't. Um, but I've, seen, away. I've seen them down south. Yeah, Chick Fil A. It's a great fast food place, but they're closed on Sunday. That's their big thing. So I asked them like, why are they closed on Sunday? And I said, someone said they're Mormon. And I said, that can't be right, because if they're Mormon-owned, they'd have a bike rack out front, right? <laughs> Simple, no, no big deal. <laughs> so show's over, and I'm out in the lobby saying hi to people as they walk by. Literally about a dozen old people stopped me individually and said, hey, Chick-fil-A is not Mormon-owned. They're Christian-owned. And I said, oh, okay, well, it's just what someone in the crowd said. And they said, well, you have to be corrected. I'm like... Okay, so literally I get this from 10 or 12 people. And uh, almost like I got a receiving line to stop by and tell me what a piece of shit I am. So now there's an old couple standing off to the side, and 70 years old, and I hear the woman say to the, to the man, Oh no, he needs to be told. <laughs> so now they walk over to me and the guy says, This is our 21st cruise. And I said, Well, congratulations, that's fantastic. He goes, And this was easily the worst show we've ever seen. Oh, and I said, Oh, well, I'm sorry. He goes, oh, I don't think you're sorry. I said, No, I'm, uh, I want you to have a good time. He goes, I go, Well, what was the problem with the show? And he goes, Well, you're, you're awful blasphemous. You know, you're up there, you're talking about Chick fil A, and they're a good Christian organization, and that's just really offensive. And I said, well, here's the guy you want to talk to. And I point him over to the comedy club manager, and then I get the fuck away from this guy. So I talk to the manager later, and he goes, don't worry, it's all good. I talk, the guy's crazy. So the next day I'm having lunch, I'm up on the Lido deck, and a different guy walks up to me, and he goes, hey, you got a minute? I said, sure, have a seat. Sits down, he goes, I was at your show last night. I said, oh, which one? He goes, the first show. I said, oh, fantastic. He goes, I didn't care for it. (laughs) And and I go, okay, well, why didn't you care for it? He goes, pretty offensive. You're a lot of blasphemy. Again, you're talking about Chick-fil-A, and you you just really turn the the whole crowd around. He He goes, and this is where it gets really uncomfortable. He goes, let me explain something to you. You can't make fun of a good Christian organization like that. Now, if you're up there making fun of the coloreds, We'd have no problem whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> and I just said, what? if you excuse me, I have to be, I have to be somewhere. <laughs> and I was just happy that I didn't have any more shows to do that whole cruise oh and didn't have to God. be in front of those fucking people. Wow. And that was a, that was a point I went home thinking, I might be done with these. Yeah, I don't know that I need to do this anymore. And that was the kids' show. Jesus. Yeah. That, was, that was at the family show, yes. Yes. That was the family show because that's when they all, they all come to. And oh my God, it was hell. So yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad to be at the Armory. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> well, I say that now. Yeah. Give it time. Yeah. You get a nice crowd, though. Yeah, because they think Neil Sedak is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just livening up. Yeah. So, who do you guys rub to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Fanny Flag. She was a hot bitch, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hmm. We were talking last week about um, about uh, 
high-fiving people right. who have met famous people just to get close to their jackhead. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you guys are taking this whole different level. One point of separation from Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's well. all we're saying. No, it's a... Uh... Screech from Saved by the Bell right here. Wow, Actually, really? yeah, Jimmy J.J. Walker and... Uh, okay. And, uh, uh, Gallagher. And Honky Tonk Man. Honky... Oh, there you oh, go. No, I haven't had a Honky Tonk Man. Right. Wow, that this gone. is kind of... All right. Huh. <laughs> Um, okay, um, I can. I might be able to tell you a story that I probably shouldn't, but it's kind of the same thing. Uh, I won't give you any of the specific details because this place might get shut down. But uh, I was on the road, and um, I had met a uh, a member of the uh, of the staff for this particular place. Okay. And um, uh, who was not working that night, but came in to watch the show, and uh, had asked me when I was going to be finished for the evening. Uh, I told her, so I told her when I thought everything was going to be wrapped up, and she said, oh, "Okay." And she goes, "Well, we should hang out after the show. Um, I'll come by and, and meet you here when the show's over." And then she said, "By the way, are the you guys? Do you guys still stay in the comfort suites?" I should have kn- I should have known there was a little bit of familiarity there. I, I should have maybe assumed. Sounds like rats. So I'm like, uh, "Yeah, that's where we're staying." And she's like, "She goes, okay. Well, why don't we? Uh, I'll just come. I'll meet you back here." So. She comes, she comes and meets me. Now, here's the beauty. Uh, we go back to the hotel, and the hotel has a... Um, I have a, a jacuzzi in my room, um, which doesn't happen very often. I was convinced I was in the wrong room. They're hooking you up. Yeah. And uh, uh, this was... Yeah. So, uh, she has... She goes, oh, you have the jacuzzi. And she starts turning the water on, right? <laughs> she has a, ba- a bag with her. And she says, while that's filling up, I'll be right back. And she goes into the bathroom, comes out with a bikini on, right? And the bikini, the top, it's it's red and white, and the top has little white crosses on it. And the bottom, on the ass of it, it says lifeguard, right? So we end up in the hot tub. Did that strike you as odd that she just had a swimsuit with her? Or? Well, maybe. Or did it really matter at that I was time? In the mo- I was in the moment. Right, okay, yeah. Right, I'm not yeah. questioning anything. Maybe right. she just loves to swim. <laughs> He's just coming back from work. Yeah. Coming through. Yeah. As a uniform. Yeah, who knows? Sure. I was asking no questions. Yeah. Um, so, at one point, uh, she she shows me a particular feat that she has, uh, a talent, and I was very impressed. <laughs> and she said, and she, and she said, what do you, th-? she said, what do you think of that? To which my response was, are you really a lifeguard? That's how smooth I was. <laughs> Completely blew it. Right. So. So the, the evening ends, everything's great, and this, excuse me, this particular, we'll edit that out, this particular place, uh, they, they would have us come during the day, they had a full restaurant, we'd come and have lunch or whatever. So I went to have lunch, and I'm having lunch, there's a flag up on the bar, this, uh, like a, the state flag of where I was at, and it has some writing on it or something, and I, I talked to the owner, I go, oh, what's up with that flag, that's kind of interesting. He goes, oh, that's um, that's the the state flag. Or actually, it was a county flag. That's our county flag. Um, uh, Toby Keith was playing the county fair, and I, I, when I'm he, narrowing it down, you were down south. Uh, well, <laughs> nobody else has county flags. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he goes, uh, because Toby Keith was playing the county fair, and he and his his crew came over for lunch one day after they did their sound check, and they had lunch here, and we had them sign the flag, and I said, oh, that's cool. I said, that's pretty neat. I said, was he a nice guy? And he goes, yeah, it was really, really cool. He said, now, okay, here's the thing that you don't know. So-and-so, who wasn't working last night, she fucked Toby Keith. 
So, <laughs> I'm just saying, based on your high five rationale, Toby Keith and I are fairly close to one another. Did you touch her feet? <laughs> feet was misspelled differently in this case. <laughs> feet, I mean, is like a feat of strength. Oh, uh, oh, oh, okay. Well, oh, welcome Toby to the Keith, show, then. Toby Keith. Yeah. Up high. All right. All right. There it is. <laughs> We're so close to so many celebrities. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. It's, and when it's we a, do meet them, it's going to be a great story. Yeah. Right. You're like, Toby, i got to tell you something. You remember some anonymous place down south? <laughs> remember that lifeguard? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be funny if he's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, I'll never forget it. Nice. So, yeah, it was a good time. How long have you been doing comedy? Long time, isn't it? Almost 15 years. 15 years. Yeah, no, it all comes to a stop tonight. No, actually, <laughs> I don't know if Chris Shaw told you, but the progression is Janesville, then Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, is that, oh, is that what yeah, how, how worked to, to him? Yeah. You have to experience stuff, then come here, then you go. <coughs> well, yeah. I was supposed to be moving to L.A. last year. That's on my note. Yeah, I was moving to L.A. last year, and... Um, then you realized you hadn't been to Janesville yet. Well, yeah. it's true. I'd not been here yet. Um... And this Toby Keith story was itching to get out. I mean, that's a screenplay right there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, w- what happened was I literally had my car packed and ready to go, um, was on my way, and then all of a sudden my schedule started popping. And then Carnival started calling, and they started giving me all these cruise dates. And then they told me in no uh, uncertain terms that if I moved, relocated west, they would not be able to bring me no. back out to Miami with any frequency. And I was like, well, fuck, I'd rather have the money. So, fuck L.A. and stayed in, stayed in Indy. So now that you're done with the cruises, you thinking about... No, uh, eventually, yes. But, yeah. but it was, um, it was a, poor, uh, a poor, poorly planned event on my part. Um, I, uh, I was doing a show in Birmingham, Alabama. It's uh, one of the worst rooms I've ever worked in my entire life. It's a, it's a fantastically big comedy club, 500-seat place. Okay. And I never wanted to have someone rip my eyes out of my head <laughs> it was it was just it was a horrible week and I, they, like, they weren't enjoying it I wasn't enjoying it uh, I found out as soon as I get to the gig oh by the way you have to be squeaky clean all week oh I go on in five minutes <laughs> and so I'm editing on the fly it's just it's not going well and on the way home I'm driving home from Birmingham that Sunday night and I'm crafting my retire from comedy letter in my head because I'm like fuck this I'm and it was like you know what no here's what I do it's time I'm going to make the jump and move to L.A. because I cannot come back to Birmingham. If I stay in the Midwest or stay in, you know, if, I, if I don't relocate, I have to do Birmingham every year. And I can't fucking fathom doing that. Uh, it was, eh, I, I should have thought it through more, but uh, but it all worked out great. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Uh, you know, two Janesville appearances now under my belt. Right. I mean, you're things, are, things are looking right. up. I mean, I... Podcast, right? I, yeah, right. I, mean, I just did a show yeah. last Friday. As sick as a dog, I drove to Central City, Kentucky, uh, to do a. Uh, a friend wanted me to do this booking. Uh, it was a Eagles Lodge, maybe. Okay. And normally those are fun. Those are a lot of fun. I get down there. I drive. I'm sick as shit. I drive down there. It's four hours each way. I get there, and there's seven or eight people. Right, and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, and just cancel it on me. I, why? I, oh, I'm yeah. not making that much money, and so I'm in the back of the of the showroom, and I hear the the guy that coordinates. He's talking to this one of these women that's there, and he goes, "Yeah, I feel bad. This guy drove, you know, a long way, and we only got these few people here." And I hear her say, "Well, you know, he's got to get his name out." 
And I, and I, and I want to say, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Do you really think, you, do you think that Comedy Central just had a meeting this week and said, well, we can't bring Holt in for a special because, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's toured around, he's done, he's done colleges and he's done clubs and, and casinos and corporate gigs and, but has he done Central City, Kentucky yet? I mean, let's see if he can play there before we give him any fucking heat. This gotta is, get his feet wet. Make yeah. sure he's on the marquee at the Eagles. So, so that just incensed me. So I go on stage and I'm literally sitting in a chair, just seething, and just like trying to get through my. And they, and they still want me to do an hour. I got 11 people by the time the show starts. Um, want me to do an hour, cold, no opening, nothing. So I'm sitting there just trying to. I'm literally looking at my watch and I'm just talking, going through it. Um, and I just cannot wait to get out of there. And finally, uh, I said, well, I'm only, I'll be honest, folks. I'm only here to get my name out. That's the only reason I'm here. I mean, luckily you guys are here. And you're, you're, of course you're having a good time. Uh, but I'm here strictly to get my name out. And, and I started going, and I started getting pissed. And then I went into the whole, do you really think Comedy Central's wait? Went through the whole thing. And I said, and one more thing. Fuck the Everly Brothers. Because they're from Central City, I found out. During my brief time there. And... Uh, you, if they would have had a store that was just rakes and torches, yeah. they would have been sold out that <laughs> night because these eleven people were gonna were gonna completely uh, come after me. But they were uh, one guy sitting in the front. What else would he said? Uh, no Eat shoes, rice. no shoes on. Not 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 had like flip flops and took them off. No shoes on, jeans, no shoes. Like walked in from a gravel parking lot. To the comedy show. He was the eagle. At least he had his rope belt tied tight, right? Well, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Dude, there's an eagle's block away. We could. I'm sure there's three over there. Right. Huh? I'd like to thank everybody for coming. Literally, thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was horrible. And, like, I normally, like, if I have a small crowd or something, I, I kind of enjoy that sometimes. I was in Myrtle Beach. We had uh, eight people one night. And uh, the night before, we had found this karaoke bar around the corner from the club. And me and my feature act went over there, and we hung out. And uh, found it, it was cheap beer, and we closed. Well, I don't do karaoke, but I watch karaoke. And we sat and closed the place down. Had a great time. And the next night on stage, I told these eight people, I'm like, "Hey, here's what happened last night. We went to this karaoke bar. I think when the show's over, you guys should all come with us. We'll go over and, to the karaoke place." Everyone from the crowd went over, and we closed down the karaoke bar. Oh, nice. The, ne- the next night, we have 16 people in the crowd. Do the same thing. Get all of them over, and we oh close. It was like the closest I'm, I'll ever be to be a messiah. It was fantastic. Hey. <laughs> hey. You're the Pied, <coughs> Pied Piper. That was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. But you can do those things with a small crowd sometimes. Yeah. But not when they, you know, don't understand anything. Or not when their bedtime's in 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're filling in now. Oh, yeah. And turn that Benny Goodman shit down, too. <laughs> this is going to be a hot crowd. Mm. Yeah, this will be good. Yeah, this is, uh, we'll see. We think it's because we're getting the word out online. You guys are doing a fantastic we think, job. We, think it's we the promoted the shit out of you it. You did yeah. promote the hell out of this. No, I think it's great. Uh, we made a poster. Or... I, 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 won't say, I won't say who didn't promote the place. <laughs> 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 My dad was actually like, do they pay you for that? I'm like, no. No, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, uh, like, I honestly think that, I think comedy is almost better as a grassroots thing anyway. So the stuff that you guys are doing is, is, is exactly what this needs. But 
more places could make it look that way. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just think that every town, there should be someone who cares enough about what's going on in the comedy scene, and, and they're the ones that just keep promoting it and doing whatever. And, and by doing this podcast, you guys are doing a good job of that. Eventually, I'd like to have our podcast sponsor a comedy show, like maybe once a year That'd in cool. town. They yeah. just have, like, comedians that we've interviewed. Yeah. Hey, we're thinking we host, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe we get an open mic night going. Have one big party. and but No, it's down cool. the road. I mean, Janesville's, it's 60,000 people, right? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, you, there's probably enough for a comedy uh, comedy community of some sort. Yeah, you get the word out there. I think so. Enough people would come. Yeah, there's a wrestling community. Some people, yeah. might, some people <laughs> might come over from Beloit, you know? Right. They pack a lunch, Hopefully. come over. They can get one or two stragglers. Yeah, sure. You know, they come poke their nose in to see what the what sure the commoners they... are doing. Well, all the dirty people, the unwashed masses, are over here doing. <laughs> yeah, they could. Uh, they could probably do their own show though. The Beloit people. Beloit people. Yeah, I mean that'd be all right. But if they want to bra- not be a part of the Twin Cities, right? <laughs> they want to be all hoity-toity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a little too good for them. Not really Beloit people. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we love you, Beloit people. Actually, there was a bar down in Beloit that used to do comedy. Yeah, but it was like on Wednesday nights. Yeah, that's that's what happens in a lot of these small towns. It's always well. This used to be on Thursday, yeah, which is why I think they do it on Friday now. That's the problem with uh, like with Madison, dude. Like, yeah, you got to get there. Like they do weekend shows. Yeah, but if you want to hit open mic, it's like Wednesday night. But you got to get your name on this by like five thirty. Yeah, no, it's I know. look. Trust me, I used to run the open mic Woo. in my home club. Mm-hmm. I was a fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I I fractured so many fucking. Relationships early on because I had to be the guy in charge. You have to be right. Yeah, and and you know, I know what you're saying. you had you had people who you n- you never it was hard to tell who your friends really were because you had people that just wanted to get on stage and then so you had oh, yeah. people kissing your ass and you had other people that were talking behind your back. It sucked. Like so, I, I'm happy to not be involved. So you were like, you know what, get out of here, <coughs> you loser. I'm crossing your name off, Tim Allen. You yeah, loser, piece of shit. No one's gonna go for that tool <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go do your family show, loser. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got it. Santa Claus Falls. Okay, yeah. yeah. You want mic time? That's the deal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was one time where I was still running the open mic, and this guy came in, and he was like, just like we had a meeting beforehand, like we did a roll call, everyone was on the list and all that. And there's a guy who's sitting off to the side, and he's just like leaning like this against a, 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 a stool, and uh, I go, all right, anyone here? That I didn't call off, and he goes like that, and I go, "Are you not on the list?" And he goes, "No." I go, "I don't have a spot for you." <laughs> and he goes, "Okay." And I go, "All right, man." And so then he walked away, and then some a little bit later in the in the evening, the, someone comes up to me and says, uh, "Yeah, so and so, it's good to see him here." I go, "Where's he at?" He's right over there. I'm like, oh fuck, he has a beard now and he wears a hat. There's a, a, a touring headliner that I see like maybe twice a year, maybe uh, that, and I didn't recognize him. And I'm being a dick. Like he's like working the club that week. He came in early to the open mic, and I was like, nah, I don't think you're gonna be making it on. So then I had to walk up and eat, you know, like eat my own dick. Hey, uh, Ryan, I, I apologize. I, I didn't recognize. He's like. It's fine. I go, no. And he goes, no, seriously. It's so fucking funny to me. And to see how uncomfortable you are right now, it's perfectly fine. So, yeah. Beat it, cable guy. You got no future. Yeah, right. That's right. (laughs) Your shit's shit's been done. Maybe 
you hand out some flyers, right? Yeah. Hey, where you, bring five people, motherfucker. Pitch in, room the stage, something. <laughs> 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 See, you know, is, is wrestling, do you have to bring bring people out in order to get... Same, same is it really? Dude, dude, when I watched the when I watched the movie The Wrestler, that was so much stand-up comedy. That oh. that was the exact road life of stand-up comedy. Let me tell you, dude, it's the same, same shit in... Like, I, I booked the shows, too, so right. um, you'll have, well, there's a lot of cool dudes, and, you know, there's guys that'll come and, and they'll pitch in, and there's guys that'll just show up, maybe they're not even booked, they'll help with the ring just to try to get in the door. Sure, yeah, yeah. Just to try to maybe get a spot. That's like the cooks in the comedy club. Right. Same thing. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make I'll make poppers. Yeah, we'll do, do whatever you need right. to do, you know? And eventually these guys will get on the roster, prove themselves. Sure. And, and they're great guys. Yeah. You know, bitch. Some guys... Are already up there. Yeah. They won't help out or nothing. Right. You know, don't have room for those guys. Probably this guy from Rockford. Got an Aaron Xavier guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the sound of this guy at all. So he's looking in the mirror after yeah. the show, not helping. Does he have a valet that brings his hairbrush to him and shit like that? Sprays perfume on the ring like Gorgeous George. I have this bad feeling mm-hmm. I'm going to be on stage tonight. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker's going to walk in. Um, no. <laughs> I doubt it. Okay. Probably not. Okay, good. Yeah. I don't want to get uh, choke slammed or anything. Um, no, I don't think that would happen. Okay, all right. Because, no, you know, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than someone who fucks with a, a, a wrestler and it's the wrong time, and the wrestler wants to prove that what he does is not to be made fun of. Sure, sure. You know, the whole John Stossel thing. I was just going to say, yeah, wasn't there a reporter yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, I don't, doc- I don't need Dr. Death to fucking... Steve Williams. Yeah, come up and fucking bitch slap me. No, but, like, a lot of the guys were cool, but you run into a few, you know, I like to call them divas. Yeah. But uh, they're everywhere, you know. Well... It's wherever you go. Where I grew up, we had a dude who was supposedly a professional wrestler. And his claim to fame was he, apparently he wrestled under the giant. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not, how do you document that? Right. But he would walk around my hometown with his fucking tights on. And, and they were just they were just trunks. They weren't like long pants. It was just like the like you know like the bikini tights you know, the, the, the with the fucking and the... with the fucking drawstring like hanging out. And, oh fuck! I like, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? For, I mean, it would just he'd just be walking around. Oh yeah, but yeah, that's a little crazy. Um, who knows? Andre the Giant used to wrestle like. Three, four guys in well, I think that's what it was. I think it was it was supposed to be one of those handicap matches or whatever. Which, I don't. I don't think you should be wrestling the handicap. I think that's that's <laughs> it's, it's not fair. That's that like no. And I just heard someone uh, at a Harley store saying that they used to race Indians. I'm like, well, how do you? That's hard to stay on their backs. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> they start running and everything. And they're start getting, getting sweaty. Yeah, and it's not good. <laughs> I think it's rude. <laughs> oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah wrestling is the uh, same type of stuff, man. You got to be a dick. Yeah. Somebody has to be the dick. Yeah, no, you know? you're right. But for the most part, there's a lot of good, as I'm sure with comedy, you meet a lot of awesome people. Sure. And there's people that will give 150%, mm-hmm. and you just kind of got to stick with those people. You no, know, it's exactly what it is. It's, it's like you, you really are in control of the people that you hang with. Mm-hmm. And, you know... 
I, I have a lot of, I know a lot of people in my past in this business where they just try to hang with people that can help them. And that's no fun. I don't want to hang with those people. I want to hang with people that I want to hang with. And then the ride's great. And then whatever happens as a result of that is a real pure thing. It's not some bullshit. You know, there's no pretense. Because um, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of douchebags. I probably There are a lot of people that probably have worked with me and said, man, he's a douchebag. That's the way it goes. You don't click with everybody, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's the way it goes. What about, uh, I saw you were doing some Chick McGee shows? Yep. Yep. Actually, there's one going on right now. Um... Uh, that I was, I'm not at because I'm here uh, getting famous. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, but yeah, we're doing. Uh, we've got. I think we have twelve dates booked between now and the end of September, and then we are currently booking October dates as well. Oh okay. So it's uh, it's um, Chick, Chick hosts the shows, mm-hmm. um, and then it's me, my uh, buddy and roommate actually Jeff Bodart. And another buddy, uh, Todd McComas, real, all real funny guys. Real, it's gonna be, it's a really strong show. So um, we uh, we start that with all four of us starting tomorrow. Oh wow! Yeah. Nice. So I mean, get That'll the hell out of here. That good, huh? Well, we hope. You we think hope. so with Bob and Tom? That's like it's a yeah. We're um, a big show. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I keep looking at my phone because I'm waiting on a on a head count from tonight's show uh, that they're doing, but I haven't heard anything yet. But yeah, we we anticipate good crowds. Um, and they're just and the shows are fun. It's 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 one of those things where when you can work with your buddies, you know that's sure. that's a good that's a one of the big payoffs because as you start in comedy and you start moving up the ladder and you start you know going from open micing to guest setting to emceeing to featuring to headlining, you know for me once I started headlining, then I stopped working with all these guys that took me with them. Yeah. You know I had all these you know these there are four four guys that I worked with a lot over the last several years. I worked with. Uh, and these things may or may not mean anything to you guys, but uh, uh, Pat Godwin, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Todd Yon, Jimmy Pardo, and Tom Rhodes. Those, those are four, all like Bob and Tom guys. Yeah, those yeah. four guys, they, we, I bonded with all of them, and to, to this day, we're very, very good friends. Um, but they're the ones that would, they were going to be working in Cincinnati, so they'd bring me with them. That's how I got my foot in the door of that club, which is great, because when, you're, when, when that ride's happening... You're with your buddies and you're having a great time, and there's nothing better than doing comedy when you're working with someone that you just absolutely fucking love them, you know. Yeah. And it's just it's like this brotherhood. Well, then after a few years and you're kind of staying on your own merits, that guy's gone. Now, lo- hopefully, you're bringing people right. up with you, so it's still right. the, kind of the same thing. But it is different, you know. And coming into a room like this, you don't know. I don't know the other guy. I mean, I still haven't seen him, and we're half an hour to showtime, and I haven't seen him yet. I don't know who he is. I mean, I know who he is, but I, mean, I don't know him. Know him. I heard he was rubbing one on. <coughs> um, I have no idea. So you just don't know. And, and the, you know, comedy is a lot. A lot yeah. of times, it's like the um, every gig is like the first day of school. Yeah. Because you walk in, you don't know the staff, so it's like you're learning all these new teachers and all these new new classmates, and then the guy you're working with or the girl you're working with, you've never met them before. Yeah. Well, how does that work? So, like tonight, there's just two comedians. Like, yeah. How do you decide like who goes first? Who uh, I, I've requested to go first. Okay. Um, at this gig, the way they the way that the booker asks is that she always says whoever's higher energy. Um, so it always drives me crazy. I look over and I see this guy. It looks like he's trying to get on stage. It's gonna be your competition. And that just uh, I hate people like that. Gonna be a helper. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be he'll be helping you out today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. 
she always asks that whoever's more high energy close the show. I'm I can certainly be high energy, but I honestly I don't possess much ego. Uh-huh. I don't have to close. Sure. I just want to do my time, have a good time, and then if I can do that and get off stage and watch the rest of the show, I'm your guy. Right? I, I, I'm perfectly happy with that. I don't need to be the last guy up or whatever. I don't need to do the most. I don't care. It, it, it's all the same to me. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he's he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll close because that'd be fantastic. So we'll see. Sometimes I do that because I want to get on the road and, and take off, and but I, you know, I actually want to see the whole show. So you're heading back to Indianapolis tonight. It's it's fifty fifty. Yeah, it depends. If you see me with a beer on stage, I'm staying. <laughs> oh, cool. So um, I'm leaning towards staying and just getting up about six and driving home. Yeah. So that's a lot of driving here and back in one day. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're talking about, you know, over a like a fourteen hour swing, it'd be ten hours of driving. That's not. All I'm saying is O'Reilly's is right down the street. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's already planting seeds. I'm working on it. I'm working. No, on I got. <laughs> Cool, man. So what? I saw that uh, you worked in uh, telecommunications before you got into I did. comedy. I did. What did you do exactly? <clears throat> well, I right out of high school, um, I was uh, I was ready to go. To, I was literally going to go to college, and the morning I was I was leaving to go with my best friend, who now uh, is the co-producer for True Blood on HBO. Oh, really? Wow. He he was already in a semester uh, of school. I was going for radio TV. He had convinced me that I needed to do that, too. And I, it sounded great. And I literally was leaving that Saturday morning, or that Friday morning, to go with him to go to campus so I could start filling out paperwork. And I got a phone call from AT&T. I'd submitted a resume, like, three months earlier, or two months earlier, and they called and offered me a job. And it was like, oh, fuck, I, I'd rather have the job. I'd rather the money than, you know, I, I was never a student, you know. And uh, so I took the job, and uh, I started off just working in customer service, okay. you know, answering, talking right. to people about their phone bill and shit. It was, it was, it was mind-numbing, yeah. but it was good money. <clears throat> and it was really good benefits, and I was 18 years old, right out of high school. I had a job for a Fortune 500 company, and um, did that for, I got married uh, with from some, a woman I worked with, which ended in a divorce, thankfully. Um, but... Um, when I left there, I left that job. Through that position, I, I went into corporate training. I did that. I went, I went into supervision. And then I went. I took a job in, uh, I guess, marketing management kind of thing. Okay. And I was quickly downsized. Uh, well, I voluntarily took a downsizing to get the fuck out. Uh, and then after that, I went into consulting. I did some consulting for a few years for Telcom. And uh, then went in with this company that uh, did uh, some other t- level of consulting on telecom stuff. I did that. And then the last thing I did before I, I, I quit and went full-time was I was managing for a cable company, okay. uh, the telecom piece of that. So, you know, I, I did both. And I, I kept, I was doing, I was working 50 hours a week and was still doing 20 to 22 weeks a year on the road. Oh, wow. And I was losing my mind. <clears throat> so finally, I was like, I gotta, I gotta stop. I can't do. I you mean, on do the both. road, like doing comedy? Yeah, oh, okay, do, so yeah, you're doing both. Yeah, I was doing both for a long time, oh, and finally, I was like, yeah. I can't. I mean, I had no time, and, and it's actually, it's kind of, a, kind of a cool story. Um, have you guys, have you seen the movie Up in the Air? It's a George Clooney movie. Yeah. Where he fires people. Yeah. There's a scene in that movie where 
they fire somebody, and it's the guy that's from the Farmers Insurance commercials now, who's in Oz. Uh, his name is J.K. Simmons, uh, actor, bald guy, always plays a heavy. He gets fired in that movie, and he freaks out, and he's like, what am I supposed to tell my family? How do I tell my family I don't have a job? And so Clooney's talking to him, and, he, and Clooney says, well, um, what about cooking? And he goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, according to your resume, you have a minor in culinary arts. You know, you studied all, you know, all through France. And, you know, when were you going to go back to what makes you happy? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. And he said, let me ask you a question. How much did they first pay you to give up on your dream? And he, and he kind of stops. He goes, $27,000. He goes, well, when were you going to go back to what your passion was? That, I was sitting in the theater. I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan, watching this movie. I was on the road. And that scene hit me like a ton of bricks. Hmm. It, it, like, caved my chest in. It was amazing the impact that had on me. And so I, I went about my business to finish out my, my road trip or whatever. And probably a year later, I'd say, uh, the movie was now on like HBO or Cinemax, whatever the hell it was on. And at that point in time, I used to sleep with my TV on at night. Uh, over about a six-week period, on four different occasions, I woke up to that exact scene. Oh, my God. And the, four, the fourth time it happened, I went in that day and put my notice in. Oh, wow. And it was I, I put in thirty days notice and jumped and that was it. That tough. That's tough uh, to do or it was it was it was right to do, but yeah, oh, it was right. tough because because okay. I I knew I was quitting. I just didn't know when. Like I hadn't really been working that hard. I mean, I, I was fucking around. Uh, I was great to work for. My my people loved me because I was cool. But I knew I was going to quit, but I didn't know when. And when I decided to quit, it's not like I'd been thinking for the last year and a half. Oh, I need to put this money back because I'm going to be working the armory in Janesville. I never did that. I just thought, well, it's going to fucking work. You know, it's going to work. And I put my notice in. I came I came off, uh, I came out of the office, came home. That night, I got a phone call from Carnival booking me for my first round of cruises a couple, a few years ago. So it was almost like I had to put shit in a certain order. And once I was no longer employed, things started happening. And, you know, like I'll probably close my show out tonight with this. It's, I close my show with a personal story instead of a joke. Um, and in that uh, in that story, I talk about the fact that I've never in my life had less money in the bank than I have now, but I've never slept as good as I sleep now. And I think people look look past that sometimes. They don't understand what contentment really is. It's not about what you have in the bank, and it's about you just make shit happen. It works. You make it work. You know, a good buddy of mine just wrote a book about stand up, and he said. You know, I'm lucky enough that I never had to have a real. I never had to have a real job. I did, like, if my rent was $250 a month, I'd make 275. Because I always just made it happen. And if you put it in that frame of mind, I mean, it's tough to be. I'll be. I'll be 44 in August, and I've never thought that way before. And it's this very bohemian mentality that took a long time for me to get past it because I was always that guy where I had a certain number, and that number was what my bank account had to be. And if it got below that number, I would freak the fuck out. That number is long gone now, but I don't even think about it anymore. Well, I'm sure, uh, especially if you have like a, you know, a, a full-time job, a consistent paycheck every month, <coughs> it gets kind of in a comfort zone. It does. And maybe you have a fear of taking a risk. Absolutely. Is that going to be there? I had to do it the way I do it. I had to jump full, you know, head first. I had to do it that way. Because otherwise I'd have milked it like this forever, yeah. and I wouldn't be... Be miserable. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. yeah. 
because all of a sudden you get a phone call or an email and they're like, hey, can you do this date, these dates? And you're like, ah, I got to see if I can swing it. You know, right, right. I, I'm not married anymore because I don't want to swing shit. I want to just <laughs> let things happen, you know? So, the fuck yeah, I can go. Exactly. Yeah. That's the best feeling in the world, man. When someone's, when you get an offer and you can go, yep, it's totally up to you. Whether it's yes or no, there's no other factor. That's the best feeling in the world. Phone rings and you're like, the armory? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll be there. Well, are you kidding me? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Leno. I'll be at the armory. Get my name out there. That's right. I gotta, get, I gotta get my name out. I mean, that's what I do. You got to. It's kind of my thing. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Well, that's awesome, dude. I heard, I heard some advice one time to uh, to a graduating kid that you should do whatever you want to until you're 30, and if it doesn't work out at the time you're 30, yeah. do something else. Yeah, that makes sense. I never did that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't start until I was 29, right. so yeah. 28. Sure. So, well, cool. Excellent. I should probably let you get ready. Uh, Let's just throw back a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, real quick, how yep. can people uh, contact you? Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, there's a fan page on Facebook. No, I don't do it. I don't use it. I'm going to delete so it. Personal account? Yeah, just go on to my personal account. Right. Uh, and then also, I'm uh, at Holt Comedy on Twitter. I'm very inactive on there. It's fantastic. I, I rarely put anything up. I'll be, I'm getting better. I'll be sure to tweet you later. Though. I'm getting better. Awesome. I am getting better about it. Sure. Um, so we'll get you some retweets. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then I'm uh, uh, my website is uh, madholtcomedy.com. And yeah, just uh, find me and, and add me and follow me and all that shit. And uh, I, I appreciate you guys letting me do this. This is a lot Thanks of fun. Thanks for doing awesome, it. Awesome, man. Yeah, we're glad you uh, we're glad you could come on the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. And, and did you bring belts? Did you bring belts or did you forget the fucking belts? Fantastic. We're going to take some photos <laughs> after, after the show. We're doing yeah, yeah. a fucking belt. That will get me to this fucking pub. Oh, yeah. If I end All up right. staying, you got uh, it. that'll get me to the goddamn pub. Awesome. Excellent, man. Thanks, right. guys. Well, thanks for doing the show. And, My uh, pleasure. Have fun in Hollywood. Next stop. Well, next stop. I got I probably two more armory stops. <laughs> I can get my punch card done. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, thanks man. Sir. Absolutely. I listen all you prize fighters who don't want to meet defeat. Listen all you prize fighters who don't want to meet defeat. Take a tip from me. The of you Lewis is Now he won all his fights, 23 or 4, and left 20 of his opponents lying on the floor. They all tried to win, but the task was too hard. When he laid that hound bone up against that board, listen all you prize fighters, don't play him too cheap. If he lands with either hand, he'll sure put you to sleep. He's a real fighter. I bet on him. He knows just what to do. I'm talking to you. He packs dynamite in his left. He carries a plunging right. 
either one will make you groggy or as high as a kite. He charges on his opponent from the beginning of the gong. He batters them into submission. Then they all sing a song. I bet on the brown bumper, for he knows his stuff. And lays it on his opponent until he get enough. Now he's a natural born fighter who likes to fight them all. The bigger they come, he says, the harder they fall. That terrific left, boys, is all he needs. But that six ain't right, come with lightning speed. Listen, all you prize fighters, don't play him too cheap. Take a tip from me. The off Joe Lewis is beat. 